Welcome to the Cedar Grove Church Podcast. We hope and pray that you and your family are doing well. Hey, today is our last installment of the Run to Win series. Today's sermon is titled Run Together. It's all about godly friendships, and boy, do we all need those in this season. We hope and pray that you enjoy it, and we just thank you so much for your support. We thank you for your reviews. We thank you for your positive feedback in regards to this podcast. Greetings, thanks to God. This is Pastor Monty Lester, the senior pastor of the Cedar Grove Church located right here in beautiful Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And once again, we thank God for our online church family. We welcome you into our cyber sanctuary where we're getting ready to have an encounter with Christ. An encounter with Christ. I am so grateful to God. Thank God for our youth ministry and how they have Oh my God, just worshiped and, and led us into the presence of God. And, and now that your heart has been prepared through worship, now it's time for the word. Yes, it's time for the word. And I want you to fasten your seatbelts and prepare for takeoff. God has something significant that he wants to say and share to our online church family. So once again, we thank you for joining us today. Hallelujah. This has been a phenomenal day. As a matter of fact, uh, even next week, next week we have some great things in store for each and every one of you. I want to invite you all to our 8.15 a.m. Uh, prayer call, uh, our prayer call. As a matter of fact, every first Sunday of every month, uh, the Cedar Grove Church, uh, we seek the Lord while he may be found. We call upon him while he is near. Yes, we seek his face, not just his hand, in prayer uh, the first Sunday of every month. So you can go to our church center app to get more information about that. 815 uh, prayer, and then we go to 930. We have our Sunday school. Yes, and then 11 o'clock, of course, we meet you right here at the church. And then next Sunday, uh, because it is Super Bowl Sunday, we got a Super Sunday plan for you. Yes, uh, Super Sunday plan for you. Um, I miss the saints of God. I miss seeing your faces every week here at the sanctuary. So we're going to do something special. We're going to have a special Zoom at 1 p.m. Somebody shout 1 p.m. Yes, 1 p.m. on Super Sunday. Yes, before you eat your ribs, your wings, or whatever you're going to get into on Super Bowl Sunday. Yes, Lord. We're going to have a time of fellowship uh, to see our faces. Yes, no agenda, no anything. And we're just going to log on and, and just look at one another and have some conversation and fellowship with one another. So uh, you can stay connected. Yes, you can hear about everything that's going on at the Cedar Grove Church and even our online church family. You can stay connected by going to the Cedar Grove Church app for all of the information on what you need to be uh, a participant and what God is doing. Yes, Lord, our church center app. Also, uh, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yes, we're on all of that. Uh, YouTube. Yes, we got our own YouTube channel. And, and believe it or not, Cedar Grove has a podcast. So you can even, as you're traveling to work, working out, doing all the things that you typically do, Yes, you can listen to the Cedar Grove sermons on, and worship services on our podcast. So we thank God for you. Uh, speaking of thankfulness, I thank God for all of you that have continued to sow season after season, Sunday after Sunday into the ministry. This is good ground uh, at the Cedar Grove Church. Yes, God didn't give anybody everything, but he gave everybody something. And I thank God for our corner of the kingdom that he's challenged us and charged us to maintain. And we're good stewards of those resources. So uh, if you haven't already taken time out to give, yes, Lord, the information is on your screen. Yes, Lord, you can text any amount to 84321, any amount, 84321. Yes. And um, 
uh, you can give and sow into the ministry. So we're grateful to God. We just thank God once again for our online church family for joining us today. So go ahead, like, tag, share, uh, tell somebody, get involved in some electronic evangelism because we're getting ready to go uh, before the Lord. We're getting ready to hear from heaven and have a phenomenal time in the word. Amen. So we're continuing our Run to Win uh, sermon series. This is the stunning conclusion of our Run to Win sermon series. Somebody wants more in 2021. Amen. Uh, you don't want to just participate. You want to win. So uh, as we prepare our hearts and minds to receive the word today, we're going to pause for a moment so we can look at our Run to Win uh, sermon series video. Let us uh, look at our video for a moment. Yes. the church say amen yes grateful to god for our audio video team and all the hard work they continue to do week after week behind the scenes so that they can present uh the word of god in the most visually appealing uh, way so there is a word from heaven that i would love to share with you today i want to call your attention to first samuel the 23rd chapter verses 14 through 18 first samuel chapter 23 verses 14 through 18 and i'm sharing from the new king james translation 1 Samuel chapter 23, verses 14 through 18. Here begins the reading of God's word. Uh, the word of God says, And David stayed in strongholds in the wilderness and remained in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him, yes, into his hand. Verse 15, So David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. And David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a forest. Verse 16 says, Then Jonathan, yes, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. Verse 17, And he said to him, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find you. You shall be king, hallelujah, over Israel. And I shall be next to you. Even my father Saul knows that. Verse 18 says, So the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. And David stayed in the woods. And Jonathan went to his own house. Uh, I'm getting ready to pray. But the Lord and I want to minister from the subject today. Uh, that's coming from that 16th verse there where it says, Then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. Yes, arose and went to David in the woods. Yes, Lord. Uh, today, the Lord now want to minister from the subject, run together. Hallelujah. Run together. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We worship you. We adore you. This is the day that you have made. And as always, Lord, we make the choice to rejoice 
and be glad in it. We're glad today, oh God, because you're God, you're Lord, you're King, you're sovereign. Uh, you work all things together for our good. We thank you for this preaching moment, oh God. Uh, thank you for everything that has taken place thus far in this service. Now we ask that your word will go forth with power and authority, that your people may be strengthened, may be encouraged, may be edified and equipped to run to win, oh God. I'm going to say thank you now for what you're getting ready to do. It's in the marvelous name of Jesus. We do pray. Somebody loves him. Shout amen. 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 Run together. Hallelujah. I want to let you know, my brothers and sisters, that we were created for community. Yes, we were created for community, especially in Christianity. Yes. As a matter of fact, God even refers to himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes. From the beginning of creation, it's clear that we're at our best. Uh, we're not at our best uh, alone. Yes, we're not at our best alone. As a matter of fact, God created the animals, male and female. As a matter of fact, when God created Adam, he said in Genesis 2.18 that it's not good uh, for man uh, to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Yes, Lord, we were created for community. As a matter of fact, as you continue down through the word, word of God, yes, Lord, the whole nation of Israel, as God leads, as God guides and God provides, uh, he does miracles for them, but it's never done alone. Uh, it's always done in community. Somebody say community. Yes, Lord. Uh, the whole nation experienced God's blessings. Yes, Lord. And he was very intentional not just to do that alone, not just for certain people. He did that uh, as a community. We're supposed to be a part of a community. And not only uh, just with uh, uh, the nation of Israel, but even in the New Testament, uh, Jesus spent time with his disciples. Uh, uh, most of the writings uh, to the church uh, was teaching how to love and care for each other. Yes, Lord, and how to get alone. So, so I want you to know today, my brothers and sisters, that we were created for community. Somebody shout community. Yes. And I just want to let you know also uh, uh, that we're called to run together. Yes, run together. We're not supposed to be alone. As a matter of fact, I even mentioned it last week that some things are better together. Yes, some things are better together. Your Bible says it this way in Deuteronomy 32 and 30. Yes, Lord, that one can chase a thousand. Uh, but when you come together, two can put 10,000 to flight. Somebody say together. Yes, Lord. Acts chapter 2 uh, talks about the importance of being together. Acts chapter 2, when the Bible talks about when they were on one accord and in one place. Yes, that's when the Holy Spirit fell and they were able to uh, speak in tongues and they saw many miracles, signs and wonders. Yes, Lord. That's when they were together in one place and on one accord. Somebody shout together. As a matter of fact, in Matthew 18 and 20 in your Bible, it talks about this, that where two or three. I gathered together, there it is, touching and agreeing that God would be a God in the midst. And this is the part I like. And whatever we ask of the Father, yes, will be given unto us. Yes, Lord. Some things are just better together. Yes, Lord. And even last week, I, I went through a list. Don't make me go down the list today. Hallelujah. But some of y'all understand that some things are definitely better together. As a matter of fact, sports teams realize, uh, yes, Lord, that when you can come together, uh, with the right partner, yes, Lord, and that your powers are, uh, are expanded exponentially. You can do greater things, yes, Lord, even with your exercise routine. Some of you have already understand that you're better with an accountability partner. Yes, you can, you can uh, be motivated, uh, encouraged, and strengthened as you can do that together. Hallelujah. And I just want to let you know today that even in your walk with Christ, uh, as you run to win in 2021, yes, Lord, that there are certain things that are better together. Hallelujah. Because I want to let you know today that God is in you. 
Yes, Lord, he's in you for me. And guess what? God is in me for you. And what I want to let you know is that God wants to do some things in you, but he also wants to do some things through you. Uh, he wants to do some things through you, whether it's encouragement, whether it's strengthening, whether it's challenging. Yes, Lord. Uh, and that only happens in the context of relationship, uh, in relationship when we are together. Hallelujah. And as a matter of fact, uh, in order to reach full maturity in spirituality, in order to be all that God has called you to be, in order to run to win, uh, that only happens when you get connected with other people. Yes, Lord. Somebody say run together, run together. Yes. And today, as we travel through the text today, as we uh, go through the word of God, uh, I want to just highlight seven characteristics, uh, seven benefits of a Christ centered friendship. Yes. Uh, seven characteristics, seven benefits of a Christ-centered friendship. Yes, Lord. And I, uh, let me just explain that a little further. Yes, Lord. A Christ-centered uh, friendship. Yes, Lord. And that's where somebody is committed uh, to helping you fulfill your God-given purpose. Let me say that again. That's where somebody is committed to helping you fulfill your God-given purpose. Uh, uh, run the race that God has in store for you. Now, we all have friends, yes, Lord, that will lead us in one direction or another. But I'm talking about fulfilling our God-given purpose. Yes, Lord, our God-given purpose. Because believe it or not, have you ever noticed that everybody in your crowd is not necessarily in your corner? Lord have mercy. Yes, uh, everybody in your crowd is not always in your corner. And what God wants us to do in order for us to run to win, hallelujah, I want to let you know that relationships are important. It's important who you run with. As a matter of fact, my grandmama used to say, birds of a fella, yeah, they, they flock together. Yes, Lord. And as we go through the text today, um, uh, in this conclusion of this Run to Win series, hallelujah, I want to just highlight uh, seven characteristics, seven benefits of Christ-centered friendships. Are y'all ready to go deeper today? Yes, Lord. Fasten your seatbelts, prepare to take off. As a matter of fact, you may want to mark this one and look at this one again because this is loaded today. Uh, we're ready for you today. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Seven characteristics, seven benefits of Christ-centered friendships. Uh, number one, Christ-centered friendships help bring the best out of us. Yes. Christ-centered friendships bring the best out of us. Yes. Uh, it's in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12 in your Bible, where uh, the Bible tells us about four men who carry one paralyzed man into the house where Jesus is preaching because it was Christ-centered. They wanted to be in the, in the company of Christ because when you're in the company of Christ, somebody knows that everything changes. Yes. If you come to Christ blind, you leave sin. If you come to Christ hungry, you leave fed. If you come to Christ sick, you left healed. Yes, Lord. They wanted to be in the center of where Christ was doing things. Yes, Lord. So they brought this paralyzed man in the house. Yes, Lord. Uh, because uh, Christ and friendships bring the best out of us. And this man was paralyzed. And his friends didn't want him to stay that way. Hallelujah. They wanted the best for him. As a matter of fact, when they got to the house, that yes, some of you know the story. Yes, Lord. They could not even get in uh, because of the crowd. But these men said, you know what? I want the best for my friend. Yes, Lord. They went up on the roof and they tore the roof off. Yes, Lord. And uh, each man took a corner of the bed and they laid, uh, let the bed down into the place where Jesus was. And the Bible says when Jesus saw their faith, yes, he said, your faith 
has made you whole. Yes, Lord. Uh, his friends wanted to bring out the best. Uh, his friends are, are people that want to challenge you. They're going to push you. Yes, Lord. Inspire your faith. And Jesus noticed their faith. He said their faith will make you whole. That's what Christ-centered friendships will do. They will bring out the best in you. They want you to be whole. Hallelujah. And you need that type of friendship. Hallelujah. Somebody shall carry your corner. Yes, Lord. You need somebody who's going to carry their corner. Yes, Lord. Christ-centered friendships. Number one, bring the best out of us. Number two, uh, Christ-centered friendships can speak life into your heart. Christ-centered friendships can speak life into your heart. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 56. Some of you remember when Mary visited her present, uh, pregnant cousin Elizabeth. Yes, both of them were pregnant. Both of them were getting ready to give birth to greatness. Yes, uh, Christ-centered friendships can speak life into your heart. And uh, when they came together, this Christ-centered friendship, yes, Lord, Mary carrying Christ himself, the Savior, and, and her cousin Elizabeth carrying John the Baptist. The Bible says that when they greeted one another, that the babies leaped in the womb. Yes, they had a prenatal praise party. Yes, uh, they spoke life into each other's heart. Yes, Lord, hallelujah. Uh, there's always something new that God wants to do to you, uh, do for you, and uh, do through you. Yes, maybe it's a new business venture, new relationships, new experiences. And what you need are people in your life who can say, guess what? I can see that in you, girl. Yes, Lord. I can see that in you, my brother. Yes, Lord. Uh, 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 and both of them, they were given birth to greatness. Hallelujah. And they both were speaking life to one another. Again, the babies leaped in the womb. And when you're giving birth to greatness, you want somebody that's in your corner that's speaking life. Yes, uh, speaking life. You want somebody to cheer you on, that say, girl, push. Yes, Lord. And, and they'll tell you to push this week. And then six months later, you're telling them to push because you know that both of you are giving birth to greatness. Yes. So Christ-centered friendships, number two, speak life into your heart. Number three, Christ-centered friendships can speak truth. Woo. Uh, fasten your seatbelt. It's getting ready to get real. Hallelujah. Christ-centered friendships can speak truth. Yes, Lord. Proverbs chapter 27, verses 5 and 6 says it this way. Open rebuke is better than carefully concealed love. Uh, verse 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Yes, Lord. Faithful are the wounds of of a friend. Yes, Lord. Uh, uh, we live in a spirit, uh, live in an age of offense where people are just overly sensitive about everything. Yes, Lord. People uh, who have been friends uh, for years. Yes, Lord. One little thing uh, can pe cause people to toss in the friendship. Yes, Lord. Uh, people become church shoppers and church hoppers because something didn't go the way they wanted it to go. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. But but Christ-centered friendships can speak the truth, yes. Uh, and we all need the truth spoken in love. Let me say that again. Uh, we need the truth, but we need that spoken in love. Yes, Lord. Because some people tell you the truth, but they don't say it in love. Yes, Lord. We need the truth spoken in love. Your words should be seasoned with grace. And I want to let you know today that you need somebody in order to maximize your potential. In order to run to win, yes, Lord, uh, you need somebody you can run together that will speak truth to you. Yes, Lord, that's what Christ-centered friendships do. They speak truth uh, because, believe it or not, we all need the truth. Yes, uh, there are times when uh, 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 we're doing some things. There are times when our breath is kicking. Uh, there are times when the dress that we're wearing is not uh, fitting us like we think it uh, should fit us. Amen. Hallelujah. There are times when you've been walking around for two hours with food in your teeth. Hallelujah. And you can say, you know what? I've been walking around like this all this time and didn't nobody say anything to me. Uh, I don't know about you, but I want somebody who can speak truth to me. Yes, Lord, speak the truth 
in love. Yes, Lord. Speak it in love. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, because when you speak it in love, that's when we grow. That's when we are strengthened. That's when we become better. Yes, Lord. That's when we can run to win. And I don't know about you, but I can handle the truth. Somebody ought to type that. I can handle, yes, the truth. Yes, Lord. Tell me the truth. Whatever the situation is, tell me the truth. Tell me the truth in love. And that's what Christ-centered friendships can do. They can speak the truth in love, number three. And then number four, Christ-centered friendships are going to give us an example of what real faith looks like. Ah, Christ-centered friendships are going to give us an example of what real faith looks like. Somebody shout example. Yes, Lord. Uh, show us what God looks like. As a matter of fact, we can see that throughout uh, Jesus' earthly ministry. He spent three years with his disciples. Yes. Uh, the, he, he emphasized the importance of spending time in relationship. Yes. Uh, uh, three years he spent with these guys te teaching, tutoring, and training. Yes, Lord. Uh, talking about and emphasizing the importance of relationships. Yes, Lord. Uh, and uh, how God acts. He displayed that example. Yes, Lord. How uh, God responds uh, to situations. He, he displayed that. Jesus was an example. Yes, Lord. His words matched his ways. Yes, he was an example. His actions and his reactions. Yes, Lord. What he said and what he showed was all consistent. Yeah, consistent. What he practiced was consistent with what he preached. Yes, he modeled godly love. Yes. Uh, so number four, Christ-centered friendships are going to give us an example of what real faith looks like. Hallelujah. So as we go through the text now, and I'm getting ready to come to uh, the part uh, that I want you to explain, hallelujah, is uh, uh, Christ-centered friendships. Yes, yeah, seven characteristics of Christ-centered friendships. Uh, number one, Christ-centered friendships bring out the best of us. Number two, Christ-centered friendships can speak life uh, into your heart. Number three, Christ-centered friendships can speak truth. Yes. Uh, number four, Christ-centered friendships are going to give us an example of what real faith looks like. And that brings me to my text. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Had a long runway, but I, I'm going somewhere today. Yes, Lord. Uh, the next three points, uh, verses, uh, points five through seven, I want to talk and I want to lift it from the text today. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 23, verses 14 through 18. Yes, going to 1 Samuel chapter 23, verses 14 through 18. Yes, I want to talk about this Christ-centered friendship, uh, the friendship between David and Jonathan. Yes, uh, David and Jonathan, Jonathan, the son of King Saul. And this is a perfect example of all four of these things, all seven of these things, excuse me, uh, an example of a Christ-centered friendship. At the time of the text, yes, uh, here in this 23rd chapter of First Samuel, yes, at the time of the text, this is where King David has been on the run for quite a while now, running from King Saul. Yes, running from King Saul. Some of you know the story. Yes, Saul had lost his mind after David killed Goliath in 1 Samuel 17. From that point on, uh, when uh, um, Saul's ego was bruised in 1 Samuel 18, when the women said, David, is, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands. And as a consequence of that, uh, yes, as a consequence of that, uh, Saul, uh, he became uh, uh, David's enemy uh, from that point on. Yes, Lord, Saul was trying to take 
the life of David. So David had been on the run all this time, yes. And in the midst of all of that, yes, Lord, while David was on the run and he knew Saul was trying to kill him, I like what David did. David had made no attempt against Saul. Uh, as a matter of fact, David kept God's way. He waited on God's time, yes. Uh, even when he had an opportunity to take Saul out, he still waited on God's time and did things God's way. Hallelujah. David was content uh, and secure uh, within himself, and he, he secured himself in the woods and in the wilderness. And that's the context behind the text today. Yes, Lord, uh, 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 we're all familiar with David's testimony and all the great things that God had done through David down through the years, the Psalms that he wrote, yes, Lord, and how David eventually ultimately ascended to the kingdom and, and became the king, the second king of the nation of Israel. Uh, but what we don't understand, hallelujah, is that uh, although we know what David did, uh, we everybody doesn't understand that David would not be what he became without the Christ-centered friendship with Jonathan. Let me say that again. David would not have become everything that God created him to be without the Christ-centered friendship with Jonathan. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. And what we find here in the text today is we find Jonathan comforting David. Yes, Lord. Jonathan, the son of King Saul. Yes, Lord. The rightful successor to the throne uh, to become uh, Israel's next king. Yes. Uh, but Jonathan, what we find in him was a, a pious, humble friend. Yes. Uh, he directed him to God, the foundation of his comfort. He was, uh, Jonathan was a self-denying friend who, who takes pleasure in the prospect of David's advancement to the throne. Yes, he took pleasure in that. Yes, Lord, uh, Jonathan uh, was a constant friend. As a matter of fact, he renewed his friendship uh, with David uh, from the first encounter that they had in, in 1 Samuel 19 to the last encounter they had in 1 Samuel chapter 23, uh, which is the foundation for our text today. Yes, uh, uh, Dave, Jonathan was a phenomenal, fantastic friend to David, and he displayed all of these seven characteristics that we're talking about today of a Christ-centered friendship. Yes, Lord, he brings out the best, uh, speaks life. Yes, Lord, speaks truth, uh, uh, exemplifies uh, what real faith looks like. And then number five, as we go here in the text today, uh, the fifth example of a Christ-centered friendship is this right here. Keeps us encouraged. Yes, Jesus-centered friendships keep us encouraged. I'm in verse 16. The Bible says, 1 Samuel 23, verse 16. Then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods, yes, and strengthened, there it is, his hand in God. Yes, Lord. Uh, uh, Jonathan arose, went to David in the woods, and strengthened his hand in God. Yes, Lord. Jesus-centered friendships keep us encouraged. Hallelujah. At this time, David had been on the run for a while. And as a matter of fact, he was tired of fighting. Uh, you ever just get tired of fighting? Uh, I, I know that's not everybody's testimony. I know some folks just love to fight. Uh, as a matter of fact, even uh, um, as you look at the political situation throughout the United States, uh, regardless of which party wins, it seems like the other party just always is ready to fight. Not only in political situations, but you know, even in some personal situations, you know some folks that just love to fight. As a matter of fact, they sleep with their fists balled up. Yes, Lord, they just love 
to fight. Yes, Lord. Uh, and that's how it was with Saul and David. Uh, uh, regardless of how nice David was to him, uh, nice to King Saul, Saul just loved to fight. He, he was always trying to take the life of David. But what I like about Jonathan, yes, Lord, is that it, uh, what J David and Jonathan had was a Christ-centered friendship. Yes, it was a Christ-centered friendship. And what uh, uh, even in the midst of this, while David was on the run in this 23rd chapter of 1 Samuel, yes, uh, uh, the Bible says that, that Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David. He found him in the woods and, and strengthened and encouraged his hand in God. Yes, Lord. Uh, uh, he was there to strengthen him. Yes, Lord. To make his, his journey easier. Yes, Lord. Uh, uh, days when you're down. Yes, Lord. Somebody who is in a Christ-centered friendship is there to pick you up. Uh, in a Christ-centered friendship, they remind you what Paul said later in Philippians 4.13, that I can do all things. Yeah. Through Christ, who strengthens me. Yes. A Jesus-centered friendship keeps us Encourage, yes, Lord. It keeps us strengthened, yes, Lord. But not only that, but in uh, uh, the sixth thing, uh, not only does a Christ-centered friendship keep us encouraged, but number six, Jesus-centered friendships are intentional about helping and not harming. Lord have mercy. Uh, Jesus-centered friendships are intentional about helping and not harming. Uh, and you can see that in uh, Jonathan and David's uh, relationship in 1 Samuel 19 and 20. Yes, Lord. Uh, uh, Jonathan was very intentional uh, to say, you know what, if I can't help you, I'm not going to harm you. Yes. Uh, Jonathan was a companion and not a competitor. Yes, Lord. Uh, uh, because believe it or not, we all need someone who can help us to make us better. Yes. Uh, and that's what uh, Jonathan and David had, because in the midst of these two chapters right here, 19 and 20, uh, uh, it was a situation where uh, uh, because of the bond that Jonathan had with David, uh, even Saul called on to him. And Saul, uh, Jonathan had to uh, uh, sneak and tell David, you know what, uh, and help him through these tests and say, you know what, yes, Saul is after you. He's after you to kill you and to take you out. Yes. And because of that, uh, Jonathan was very intentional. In other words, he went out of his way uh, to help David. He went out of his way uh, not to harm him, yes, but to help him, even with his own daddy, yes, uh, because he knew his daddy was not trying to do things in a God honoring way. And let me just throw this in for free. You know what? Uh, there are some people that you uh, sometimes you have to choose between what is right and between what is popular and what's easy. Yes. Just because everybody is doing what's wrong does not make it right. Hallelujah. There are times when you have to stand for what's right, even when you have to stand by yourself. Preach Monte Lester. You doing it? Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. There are times when you have to stand for what's right. And that's what Jonathan was doing throughout this time when uh, uh, he was shooting spears uh, and letting David know, you know what? You need to run. Yes, Lord. He is truly after you. And time after time, Yes, Lord. Uh, Jonathan was telling him he was very intentional about helping and not harming David. Hallelujah. And I don't know about you, but I thank God for friends that have helped me even in my toughest times. I thank God for friendships. Yes, Lord, that uh, uh, will be with me. Uh, 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 not only when I'm on top of the world, but when the world is on top of me. Hallelujah. I don't need friends like Job. Hallelujah. That they were with me when everything was going right. But as soon as everything turned bad, yes, uh, they come and examine my life and tell me all the things I should have, would have, could have done. Yes, Lord. I need some friends 
yes, Lord, that will be my companions and not my competitors, some friends that will be with me, yes, Lord, even when things are not going well for me. And that's what uh, Jonathan was doing. Yes, he was very intentional about helping David and not harming. And then number seven, yes, Lord, as we uh, come to a close today on this Christ-centered friendships, yes, uh, uh, not only uh, do Christ-centered friendships or cross-centered friendships, Christ-centered friendships, excuse me, are intentional about helping and not harming. But number seven, Christ-centered friendships, catch this, take time, consistency, and sacrifice. Woo. Christ-centered friendships take time, yes, consistency, and sacrifice. Hallelujah. First uh, Samuel verses 23, verse 7. First uh, Samuel 23, verse 17. Yes, Lord. And he said to him, do not fear, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. Here it is. You shall be king over Israel. Yes, uh, Christ-centered friendships take time, consistency, and sacrifice. Uh, as I get ready to close today, I want to talk about this word called sacrifice. Yes, Christ-centered friendships take time, consistency, and sacrifice. Yes. Uh, I want to talk about this word called sacrifice. Yes. As a matter of fact, some of you have played baseball or so uh, softball. You understand a little bit about sacrifice. Yes. In uh, a sacrifice in a baseball game, that's when you intentionally get out yourself uh, to advance your team. Let me say that again. That's when you intentionally, you're at the bat. Yes, Lord. Uh, instead of uh, uh, um, uh, uh, trying to get on base yourself, you intentionally Get out yourself in order to advance your team. And I want to let you know that's what Christianity is all about. Because believe it or not, in America, yes, Lord, most people have this all about me attitude. Hallelujah. And all about me attitude. Uh, but I want to let you know today that Christianity doesn't express itself until you're serving or making someone else better. Uh, that's the example of true Christianity. That's the example of a true Christ-centered relationship. Somebody say, it's not about me. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, I thought you'd have trouble with that. Well, let me go ahead and say that again. Somebody say, it's not about me. Yes, Lord. Uh, uh, I want you to understand sacrifice. Yes, Lord, sacrifice. And, and the ultimate sacrifice, uh, uh, and what I want you to understand today, hallelujah, in this 17th verse here where uh, 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 uh wanted uh, what the ultimate sacrifice here is Jonathan wanted David to fulfill his God-given destiny and to become the next king of Israel. He said, yes, Lord. He said, do not fear for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. Yes, Lord. Uh, I know he's after you, but you shall be king over Israel. Yes, Lord. He wanted David to fulfill his God-given destiny uh, to become the next king of Israel. But catch this, even if it costs Jonathan personally. Oh, Lord, I thought I'd lose some shouters right there. Yes, Lord. Jonathan was so committed to his friendship with David. Yes, Lord, that he wanted David to become the next king, even if it cost Jonathan personally. Because believe it or not, he should have been. Jonathan should have been the next king of Israel. He was Saul's son. Yes, 
He was next in line to the throne. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. So naturally speaking, uh, uh, he should inherit the throne after his father Saul, uh, naturally speaking. But he knew spiritually speaking, he knew that God had already anointed David to be king. Yes, Lord. And what Jonathan did, catch this, is he got out intentionally. Uh, yes, Lord. He made a personal sacrifice uh, to advance God's kingdom, to advance God's agenda in the earth. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Uh, he made the sacrifice. Somebody shout sacrifice. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. And and I know I, I want you to understand this today. Uh, what do you do Ooh, Lord, uh, when you're supposed to be next? Oh, my God, because I believe it's a lot easier to shout about over this sermon when you're in David's position. Yes, Lord. Uh, we all like to be David. But well, what about when you are Jonathan? Oh, Lord, what about when you are Jonathan instead of David? Hallelujah. When when you are supposed to be next. Hallelujah. But because of you understanding the cause of Christ, the the kingdom agenda, are you willing to make the sacrifice necessary uh, to advance God's kingdom in the earth, even when it costs you personally? Hallelujah. Can you still shout? Uh, when you're Jonathan, or can you only shout when you are David? I told you I'd lose some folks right there. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Because believe it or not, uh, some of us know what it feels like when we're supposed to be next. Somebody shout next. Yeah. Uh, we're supposed to be the next one to get the car. Uh, we're supposed to be the next one to get the house, uh, the next raise, the next promotion, or even the next spouse. Lord, have mercy. Some of you have been there. Yes. Uh, when you said to yourself, if I have to rent one more tuxedo, oh, oh my God, if I have to be the bridesmaid one more more time. What do you do? Hallelujah. When you've been uh, uh, in somebody else's wedding time after time after time. Yes. When you have to play the role of Jonathan instead of playing the role of David. What do you do in that situation? Do you ugly up all the wedding photos? Hallelujah. Uh, with a frown on your face? Or are you able to be the type of friend to run together with your David? Yes, Lord. To shout even when they're the one that's next in line. Hallelujah. And what the Spirit of the Lord wanted me to tell you today is to be a Jonathan. Somebody shout, be Jonathan. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Uh, be a friend that will make a personal sacrifice. Yes, Lord. Uh, to understand that I'm going to be a friend. Hallelujah. Whether or not I'm being promoted or whether you're being promoted because believe it or not I understand I'm not competing with you I'm co-laboring with you and I know what God has for me yes it is for me and Jesus said friendships take time yeah they take consistency but they take sacrifice yes uh, and I just believe it today that uh, that that uh, uh, that uh, uh, can I help someone else who's having trouble? Uh, 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 who shout? I want to help you today. Uh, somebody who's having trouble shouting at that last point. Because what I want to understand today is the principle of sacrifice. Somebody say principle of sacrifice. Yeah, because I got good news today. Yes, Lord. Because when you are a Jonathan, oh my God, when you are a Jonathan, I I want you to understand that Jonathan made a sacrifice. Yes, that's what Jesus and friendships do. They take time, consistency, and sacrifice. Yes, Lord, the principle of sacrifice. Does anybody know that whatever you sow, oh Lord, uh, will grow. That's what sacrifice is all about. Yes, Lord, uh, uh, whatever you sow, whatever you give up, yes, Lord, uh, will grow. Yes, Lord. And does anybody know that the harvest is always later and greater than whatever seed that you sow? Yes, Lord, it's in your Bible. Galatians chapter six, verse number 17. It says it this way. Be not deceived. Oh, my God. God is not mocked. Yeah. That whatsoever a man soweth, that 
shall he reap. Uh, and then it goes on in verse number nine. It says, this is your shout right here. And be not weary hmm, in well-doing for in due season you shall reap a harvest uh, if you faint not. I, I just want to let somebody know it's harvest time. Yes, Lord. I know you've been uh, uh, sowing good seeds. Yes, Lord. I know you've been sacrificing. I know uh, you've honored your friendships. Yes, Lord. Putting in the time, uh, putting in the consistency and making the sacrifice. But I want to let you know that God, uh, he sees everything that you do. As a matter of fact, he honors uh, those things that you do in secret. He's the one that rewards you openly. And somebody says, well, you know what? Uh, uh, I don't understand that because you know what Jonathan ended up dying yes Lord he ended up dying and did not receive uh, uh, the crown himself but his friend David yes Lord uh, God is the one that rewards everything that we sow uh, because believe it or not whatever you sow it will grow and it will grow later and greater than whatever seed that you sow I want to talk today about generational blessings Ooh. <laughs> I want to talk about generational blessings as a matter of fact uh, uh, many of us are blessed right now uh, because of the sacrifices that others in our family made. Let me say that again. Many of us are experiencing blessings right now because of the sacrifices that other people in our family made. I want to talk about generational blessings. Yes, Lord. When you were not even thinking about God. Yes, Lord. Uh, but because mama prayed, uh, because big mama prayed, because your daddy, your granddaddy prayed, because they put down good seed. Yes, Lord. Because they sacrificed. That's why we're experiencing the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I want to let you know today that the king always comes looking for Jonathan seed. Yes, Lord. As a matter of fact, the king, yes, always comes looking for whatever seed that has been sowed because generational blessings. Yes, Lord, because my Bible tells me, yes, Lord, that that not only that, that it talks about that the Bible says, you know what, there was a, a son of, of Saul. Uh, there's a son of Jonathan that the Bible tells me in 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse number 1, that the king came looking for uh, Saul's son or Jonathan's son. Yes, Lord, the Bible says 2 Samuel 9 and 1. Now, David said, is there still anyone who is left? Check this in the house of Saul that I may show kindness. Here it is for Jonathan's sake. Yes. Because Jonathan was so good to me, yes, Lord, after David had became king, 2 Samuel chapter 9, yes, Lord, the, uh, David said, you know what, I got a good memory, yes, I didn't forget how I got here, yes, Lord, that's how some people get their blessing, because they know that they won't have spiritual amnesia, yes, Lord, they will remember how they got there, and David said in, in his latter years, yes, Lord, uh, is there anyone still alive in the house of Saul that I may show kindness, here it is, for Jonathan's sake, because Jonathan was a friend to, to the end. Yes, Lord, Jonathan and I, we were running together. And because of Jonathan, I'm in the position that I am today. And David goes on in 2 Samuel 9 and 7 says, so David said to him, do not fear. Yes, Lord, for I will show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and I will restore unto you the land, your, uh, your, the land uh, of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat at my bread continually. Somebody knows who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth. Yeah, uh, Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth, because he was one that was lame in his feet. Yes, Lord, he was one that had an accident at the age of five, and now he was living in Lodabar, a, a place that was beneath his calling. But because of the sacrifice, somebody say sacrifice, uh, the sacrifice that his daddy made, yes, Lord, God reached back in the hands of time, yes, Lord, and remembered the sacrifice of Mephibosheth's daddy, Jonathan. And David says, you know what, because your daddy was nice to me, 
Uh, because your daddy and I run together. Yes, Lord. Because your daddy helped me fulfill my God-given destiny. Guess what? I'm going to be intentional. Yes, Lord. I'm going to give the harvest of every fruit uh, that I have received. Yes, Lord. I'm going to go and I'm going to be kind to Jonathan, uh, Jonathan C. Mephibosheth, because Jonathan was kind to me. Does anybody know that what you sow will grow. Yes, Lord. And that's why we are experiencing generational blessings. And, and what David did for Mephibosheth is that because Jonathan, his father, was nice to him, he said, you know what? You will eat from my table continually. In other words, I know you've been lame. Uh, I know you've been in a bad situation. But guess what? Because of uh, your father helped me run to win. Guess what? I'm going to come and help his son run to win. I'm going to help him come out of his situation. And, you, and I just want to let you know today that David as king came and he was looking for Jonathan seed. And I just want to let you know today that the king always comes looking for the good seed that was sacrificed in faith. <laughs> oh my God, somebody missed their shout. Let me say that again. Yes, Lord, the king, the king always comes looking for the good seed that was sacrificed in faith. And because of the faith that you have, yes, Lord, uh, some of the blessings that you, uh, some of the things that you've sown, guess what? Even long after you're gone, yes, Lord, your children and your children's children, uh, they will continue to reap generational blessings because you were strong enough to partner with somebody, to run to win, to help them be what God had called them to be. Yes, Lord, you made the sacrifice. Uh, to help somebody else become what God called them to be. And I just want to let you know today that the king always looks for his seed. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Uh, as a matter of fact, that's why Christ came, to redeem. Uh, yes, Lord, to, to bring us back uh, to him. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, uh, uh, to let you know that uh, uh, I'm coming to redeem back what was sown. And I want to let you know today that as we talk about this thing, and I'm through, hallelujah, about this the, the principle of sacrifice. That's really how you know you're a Christian anyway. Because believe it or not, Christianity has never been about what we can get. It's, also, it's always been about what we can give. Uh, but even as I was talking to my mother this week, and as we're looking back over the pages of our lives, yes, Lord, we had, a, uh, had our own little praise party at the house. Because believe it or not, we, uh, we were looking over and thinking about how God has just honored all the good seed that has been sown down through the years. And she reminded me of a good old song that we used to sing. She said, you can't beat, yeah, God's giving, no matter how hard you try. Anybody remember that song? Or has anybody experienced that in your own life? You can't beat, yes, God's giving, no matter how you try. Whatever you give, whatever you sacrifice, uh, yes, Lord, uh, into God's kingdom. God has a way of always honoring it. As a matter of fact, uh, you can see it even on this side. And then again, there are certain things that you'll see general for generations uh, will continue to reap year after year season after season so as I take my seat seven characteristics seven benefits of a Christ-centered friendship God wants us to run to win and we're better together there are certain things that we can't do on our own but when we can connect with somebody who uh, number one uh, brings out the best of us when we can connect with somebody number two can speak life into our hearts when we can connect with somebody that uh, 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 they can speak truth to us. Uh, when we can connect with somebody, number four, that can give us an example of what real faith looks like. Uh, when we can connect with someone who 
uh, uh, keeps us encouraged. When we can connect with somebody who uh, is intentional about helping and not harming us. When we can connect with somebody, number seven, that's uh, uh, that Jesus-centered friendship that takes time, consistency, and sacrifice. As a consequence, we can run to win. We can maximize our potential on this side and even on the other side of eternity. Yes, Lord, God will continue to honor. God will continue to bless. He'll continue to show you himself strong in your life, season after season. And that's what God wants us to do, my brothers and sisters. In 2021, God wants us to run, yeah, run to win. And we can do that when we run together. We're created for community. We're not called to do this by ourselves. But the most important connection that you can make is to connect with Christ. Make him your Lord and your Savior. Yes, Lord, and receive him. Hallelujah. And he'll do whatever needs to be done. Hallelujah. I want you to run to win today. And as we uh, recap this series, uh, how to run to win, I'm glad you asked. Uh, first of all, run to Him. Uh, run to Him. Understand your purpose. Why has He created you? Why has He manufactured you the way that He's manufactured you? Why has He let you experience this, experience the highs and lows and everything that you've experienced? Lord, run to Him. Hallelujah. Number two, uh, be persistent in prayer. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, the power of consistent prayer, persistent prayer, the power of persistent widow. Yes, Lord, stay in constant communication with Christ. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. It's not a one and done situation. He wants relationship with you. Number three, hear and do his word. Yes, Lord. Uh, have faith in his promises that you know what, Lord, I hear your word. But Lord, I'm going to do your word uh, joyfully and in faith because I know your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And as we, we recoup this, uh, recap this sermon series, yes, Lord, how to run to win. And then number four, run together. Uh, there's power in partnership. Yes, there's power in partnership. Yes, Lord, uh, uh, get together with uh, Christian friends, somebody who's like-minded, somebody who's going to carry their corner, somebody that will, it's a reciprocal relationship, that the giving is not always one way, that you can give and take, that you can strengthen one another. Yes, Lord, uh, run together. Yes, Lord, uh, serving in your church ministry. Run together, uh, getting your accountability partner. Run together, yes, Lord, by even just showing kindness to the person next to you. Yes, Lord, that's how you run together. Yes, Lord, and run together by uh, bringing what you have to the table and watch God multiply it. Yes, Lord, and, and what I've learned about the Lord, he'll multiply it uh, season after season. You'll uh, experience the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, not only in this side, but even on the other side of eternity. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to run to win. I'm expecting great things uh, from God this year. 2021, yes, Lord, uh, is going to be a phenomenal year. Uh, and I, and I want to encourage you today. Do what you can do. When you do your part, God will do the rest of it. He'll do his part. The word of God for the people of God and the people of God did say, amen. God bless you. May he forever keep you is our prayer. Amen.